Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Good evening, folks. It's time for your Wednesday evening edition of It's News to Us, our daily podcast, taking a look at the day's top stories. And I'm glad I did say Wednesday because for a good part of the day, I actually thought it was Thursday. So I'm glad I got the day right. Oh. As we... Man, it would be nice if it were Thursday. But... It, it, it would be. Super Bowl week always throws me off. Yeah. Um, plus, I've had a lot of different stuff going on. And so I've been off by a day pretty much the entire week so far. So, yeah. Well, someone I had overheard a conversation when I was in the grocery store. This has nothing to do about what we're going to talk about today. But they were saying that, well, if they just delayed the Super Bowl a week, it would be before a holiday anyway. So why wouldn't they just have the Super Bowl be on President's Day uh, weekend? Well, you know, you know, we're probably about and now we're really getting off topic. We're probably about. <laughs> 10 years away from them adding an 18th game and it being president's day. Yeah, exactly. So that's probably also, also keep in mind that every weekend they move back, that's got to bump back um, the Oscars. And it's also got to bump yes. back uh, the Daytona, <laughs> Daytona 500. 500. Yep. Yes. So, and if it bumps back the Daytona 500, then it bumps back the, the race in Richmond, you know, I just, I think, you know, spring think, training dogs and cats living together. Yes. But you see, this is how a good reporter localizes stuff. You notice I took it from the Super Bowl being moved back a week to the race in Richmond being moved back race back. in Richmond. Right. So anyway, yep. so, okay, let's get out of the stuff we were actually going to talk about today. Um, some big stuff at the general assembly today. Um, Obviously, it's all still being done in committees because really nothing is going to nothing big is going to get to the House floor. Nothing controversial is going to get to uh, the, the, the House or Senate floor um, in Senate subcommittee today. Um, they killed the bill that has been called, uh, you know, or suggested that it would force um, force some transgender kids out of the closet um, because it would have required school officials to tell their parents that bill was killed in the Senate education, uh, yes, Senate education and health subcommittee. Now I will say this one interesting thing that I didn't get into in the uh, raps that I did on this story because of where we are during the assembly session, because people are coming and going and blah, blah, blah. This committee had two people on it at this point when this oh, wow. was killed one Democrat and one Republican. And the reason it died is because, it didn't have a second motion to get through, and um, Look, was no, like, was no, it was impossible for that to happen. Yeah, the, exactly. Um, and also, <laughs> also, the you know the uh, the Democrats had proxy votes that would have killed it anyways. But basically, they just let it die because there wasn't a second motion to move forward. So, wow. So, and this has happened with a couple of bills, but this is interesting where interesting technicality there. So, so. Folks who are listening to the podcast, this is the only information you get on the podcast. Right. This is where we like to do these, so you can get some right. interesting and different stuff uh, there. Now, um, I know this is, you know, my question here maybe a little bit moot on this particular subcommittee with only two members there. But, uh, you know, Lionel Spruill yesterday was uh, complaining that a lot of his bills weren't even being debated. Was this bill debated at all? This, this w- bill was debated. Um, and in fact, they took testimony on it. And, um, 
people made points, strong points. Um, you know, the people who are opposed to the, this bill, you know, said, hey, you know, you're, if you're required to tell parents, there are not parents, not all parents are supportive of their kids being transgender. And this could put them uh, in danger of abuse, you know, homelessness, yeah. um, being out on the streets, possibly traffic, things along that line. At the same um, standpoint, um, you know, parents were, you know, and this bill is named after a case um, that occurred. I believe it was in Appomattox um, where the school didn't notify and the parents felt that, you know, it, it led to their kid running away and eventually running into the same situation. Yeah. Um, you know, parents, the parents felt they had a right to know that this was going on. Um yeah. So there were emotional cases yep. made uh, on both sides. And I will say when this bill was on the House floor, um, there was emotional testimony. One from uh, Delegate Danica Rame, who's the uh, right. who is right. the only transgender member of the, uh, right. the the House of Delegates. And also Delegate Don Adams, Don who, Adams yeah. who is a uh, who is a lesbian yeah. um, and talked about emotionally the fact that she had attempted suicide at least twice. I say at least twice because she mentioned two instances, but she did not say, you know, it was only two instances Yeah, yeah. Um, for her coming out to her family um, as, as, as a homosexual. And so th- the interesting point that she made is I think uh, judging by what she was talking about, she may be around the same age as I am. Yeah. And the fact that being lesbian is kind of like the same as being transgender back in the eighties. Yeah, right. Far, really far, less, far less acceptable in the, in, yeah. in the eighties. And I, I grew up in the eighties as well. Yeah. Like, you know, a di- different time, um, yep. you know, uh, she she compared it and and probably made a good comparison. Um, yeah, absolutely did, yeah. or at least a valid comparison, I should mm-hmm. say. So, but that bill is now dead for the session. Another bill that was killed, and this was interesting, um, a bill that would have banned personal use of campaign contributions um, died in the House of Delegates. Um, there were suggestions that this was done on party lines a, a, a little bit, but I will point out that the same House committee killed a bill by a very conservative Republican who had also proposed it. Yeah. Um, and so, um, but it's not it's not going to to happen. Um, the supporters said, "Hey, you know this this would build up some trust for lawmakers that hey, we're not letting uh, letting ourselves use." contributions to, to, to buy things for right, ourselves. Right. Um, but it, it didn't get out of, out of committee. Yeah. Um, so we move on from there. Um, I know we did the story earlier in the week, but now the, the politicians actually held the, the press conference. Uh, Virginia is making a big and heavy push for the FBI. And I will say this is one of the few ta- times I've ever seen Fairfax County chairman, Jeff McKay, who is no fan of the governor, Senator Mark Warner, Senator Tim Kaine and Governor Glenn Youngkin all on the same stage together <laughs> and, and introducing everyone, each other. <laughs> everyone survived to tell the tale. Yes. And, and, and the reason being is everybody wants the FBI. <laughs> so, And yeah, if you can unite behind one thing, not only is that rare, but, you know, it's all going to be a good thing for Virginia if it comes. Well, and, and let's be honest, they're not even necessarily not everyone wants the FBI or has been super supportive of the FBI, no. but they want the construction they want the jobs. They want the dollars. Tax, benef- tax benefits and dollars from yep. the federal government uh, setting up in uh, in Virginia. But one person you said who wasn't there was Jason Miarens. Not, not that I could tell from the press conference. And he yeah. had just sent a letter to the FBI, critical of the FBI, for, for a reported 
uh, memo out of the Richmond field office that allegedly uh, targeted Catholics. Yeah, to be fair, it doesn't mean that he is against the no, project yeah. coming. Yeah. He just and he mean, doesn't necessarily have to be there. Right, exactly. The governor it, has to be there. Right, right. The governor has to be there. Um, the people who represent the area have to be there. Yep. The congr- congressional delegation needs to be there because they kind of have a say in all of this, yep. you know, in terms of appropriations. Um, but yeah, the attorney general did not need to be. No, there. he didn't have to be there. And, and and to be clear on that memo, this referred to um, some suggestions that um, some very conservative Catholics should potentially be looked at for potential links to domestic terrorism. Um, they cited specifically the the Latin Mass. Um, now. Disclosure, both Jeff and I are Catholic, okay, and are, are well-versed in um, Catholicism. Yes. <laughs> the Pope himself has also pointed to the Latin Mass being used for ideological reasons and didn't says he doesn't want that happening. Yeah. I'm just going to leave that there, not taking a position on the memo in any, any way, shape, or form. Yep. But that needs to be included in the, the broader discussion. Absolutely. Uh, again, we're getting off the FBI coming here um, <laughs> topic. It does we, have a connection to the FBI. It does have a connection to the FBI. Um, part of the reason they think Springfield is the best location, one, the place they're going to stick it, the uh, wood stick it, the U.S. government already owns the land, so they don't have to buy it. Right. Two, the FBI Academy is where? Quantico. Quantico, yep. <laughs> What is Springfield not far from? Quantico. And they Um, mentioned during today's news conference that Springfield is closer to Quantico than the potential site in Maryland. The potential two sites in Maryland. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, (laughs) That that the FBI data uh, setup is also in Virginia. Yeah. And the FBI works um, very closely with the CIA on occasion. And where is the CIA located? Uh, in Virginia, in Virginia, in Langley, so in Langley, yep, yep. So they're they're making making a a a strong case now. Of course, that doesn't necessarily mean that's where it ends up, but no. they're making they're making the, the push. Yeah, plus, yeah, they made a good case today for sure. Plus, they also pointed out it's not far from a metro stop. It's yeah. easy into the district. Um, for any reason that would be necessary for it. Right. And a full disclosure for anyone who may be listening, who heard the Maryland news conference, if there was one pushing for Maryland's sites, we don't know how their, how their case went, but we think Virginia did pretty well in their case. Right. Right. And then, and, and, and Maryland of course has Metro stops as well. They yeah, sure. Green, green belt is one of the locations. Green yeah. belt is on, on one of the lines. I know that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to say the green line, but I think I may just have green on the brain from that from, right. from, from green belt. And also Landover is another site. And I'm pretty sure there is a line that goes out to Landover, if not a uh, a mark train line that that allows you to come in from Landover. There's right. there's many ways to get into the district from Maryland yeah. as well. Oh, so yeah. in in uh, in uh in uh in fairness to to the Maryland uh location. Right. So so um so we'll see. This has been in the works for a while. Um, we'll see if they ever do make a decision. I have been by the, the Jagger Hoover building in uh, in D.C. It does look like it is a relic of its time and is apparently deteriorating as as we speak. So, yeah. Yeah, it needs a it needs a new home for sure. Yes. And and final 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 thing before we move on to the final story. I wonder if they would call it the Hoover building once they move it out to Springfield. 
given given all that we have learned about Hoover since since the time when it was named after J. Edgar Hoover. So. Yes. So. Uh, it'd be interesting to know. <laughs> yes. Um, I don't think they're going to name it. I the don't James, think they would do that. I don't think, and I don't think they're going to name it the, the James Comey building uh, after no, no. the last Virginia FBI. <laughs> yeah, they'll figure out something, but yeah, it's probably I, not going to be I don't see. I don't see that happening either. I don't see Hoover or Comey happening. Yes. So, okay, final final story. Um, I guess uh, Enrico, Enrico has been a, a topic for a lot of these. This yeah. Week. A lot of things. Um, Henrico looking at a uh, new park um, out in the East End. Is that true? Yeah, and uh, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of times people in the East End and in Henrico uh, believe they get the short shrift of things. But uh, last night during the Board of Supervisors meeting, I, and you did mention that Henrico the last couple of days have had big news, uh, uh, big news announcements, including the Green City thing on Monday and also the tax rebate thing yesterday. They had a meeting last night, so you know there was going to be news coming from that. But uh, they uh, they approved last night a 99-acre park that will be open uh, uh, because they got approval. Uh, uh, construction will start on this park, and uh, land was purchased in 2016. And from what I talked to with the uh, Recreation and Parks Director in Henrico County, John Zanino, he said that this of this 99-acre park, a majority of it, a large majority of it, they're just going to leave untouched and wooded, but they're only going to develop like 28 acres of this. So it'll be a lot of wooded area and uh, a trail to go around it, similar to the asphalt trail that you have uh, on that park that escapes me now that's on Springfield Road. Um, Um, Echo 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 Lake Lake. Park, yeah. There's an asphalt trail that goes around, but this will be a much bigger one than that one. But this one... uh, uh, is has a couple of interesting aspects to it. They have a, a sports area that'll have a, a skate park as well as a uh, uh, a pump track, which is for motorbikes mainly, where they have hills that you can uh, go over and, and stuff like that, and uh, a bike skills course and um, another uh, nature based play area where uh, it'll be mainly younger kid based including, uh, I mean, you know, older kids can go through a, a mist mound or a splash pad, but basically uh, a splash pad, which is similar to like a, a fountain that uh, kids can be kind of, you know, have water splashed out of. The mist mounds are kind of uh, like a grassy mound area that'll shoot mist up that kids can run through. That's kind of AstroTurf yeah. uh, covered. Where, where, exactly, um, where exactly is this going? Yeah, it's uh, going off Williamsburg Road. Um, it's just east of the airport. If you know where the Chickahominy YMCA is in that area, it's very close to that. Okay. So it's between the airport and 295. Gotcha. So, so okay, and, I, and I'm Williamsburg Road, you said. so. Yeah, it's off Williamsburg Road. It's, um, uh, I'm, uh, I think it's Whiteside Drive, yeah. which is a road that's very close to the Chickahominy YMCA. Uh, this um, um, the the play area for the younger kids will have an interactive stream, which basically is a man-made stream that looks like it's natural that the kids will be able to play in. I don't know what the interactive part of it is, but uh, it's, it's certainly like a, a, a stream or a creek that looks natural, but it's man-made that will run through that area. And uh, they have... Uh, uh, like I said, uh, 
splash pads, uh, miss bounds, and uh, uh, just, you know, most of the stuff, like I said, is not going to be developed. It's just going to be woods. But uh, it's interesting thing about this park is it's the first park in eastern Henrico, at least a large commercial park, to be built in almost 40 years. The last one was 1982. Well, actually, it would be over 40 years now. 1982, Dory Park. So um, this is this is a big deal for Eastern Henrico. And uh, construction started, well, we'll start this month. And it'll be done in June of 2024. And, and it's Dory, called uh, Taylor Farm Park. Yep. And, and Dory Park is just south of the airport, I believe. Yes, yes. This is, I mentioned to him, you know, when I was talking to Zanino, I said, well, you know, this is... Uh, serves a different area than Dory Park because Dory Park is still quite a ways from this new park. Yeah. And it'll, you know, basically uh, serve the Highland Springs, Verina area. Uh, I mean, a sort of Dory Park serves the Verina area, but this will serve more of the Highland Springs area too. Gotcha. I, want, I do, wonder, do wonder, final, final point on this, if, uh, if it will still be in the flight path like Dory is uh, for, for the airport, just because I, having played many, games out at dory park right there were points at night where we could uh you know be on the fields and we could like wave to the folks as they the south we could we could identify each airline as you know in the middle of the games as they were coming in from uh, right right from, from another thing i mentioned i failed to mention about this is there will be a uh, an event lawn area which will i think he said will seat about 500 people good for outdoor concerts outdoor movies uh, there'll be a memorial garden kind of in that same event lawn area where they will pay tribute to those from the Sandston area who uh, are, you know, served in the military and some public safety people who have died uh, from Henrico in not only Sandston area, but all over the county. So. Gotcha. So, oh, well, it sounds like a good thing. Again, a good thing for, for, for an yeah, area that, that another uh, thing for Eastern Henrico that they can, uh, you yeah. know, they could say, "Hey, you don't have to go across the county to go to a park or go down to Dory." Final, final, final point on this. I've always find, found it interesting that, uh, that from the history of Henrico, that um, Eastern Henrico, when Henrico was first formed, was the 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 big part, the the wealthy part of yes. Henrico yes. because of the the plantations and the farms right. and everything out there. Right. And then. When everything developed, it switched over to Western Henrico, yep. Yep. and now Eastern Henrico is saying that it doesn't have everything. And but it started out being being the right. But the, I, I, of course, you and I have been here long enough to remember when they built White Oak Village. Yes, and everyone was excited about Red Lobster coming to yes. Eastern yes. Henrico. Yeah, I, I I still think it's a big deal for the folks out in, in Eastern Henrico. Oh, absolutely, Red Lobster. Yeah, Red Lobster is good stuff. Yeah, no, I, I've been to I've been to White Oakville. I used to pass by it when it was still uh, still uh, a uh, a uh, industrial site. Um, yeah, that's yeah. how long it's been been been. Uh, but th- then again, I think White Oak Village is now it's got to be at least a decade old. So. I think so. I think it was like mid two thousands or something. Well, yeah. it, it came along after Short Pump, and uh, it was yeah. probably late two thousands. Late two thousands, yeah. So, but anyway, so now now you've gone down history lane. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. right. So. But you see, this is what you get when you listen to the podcast. You get you get, you get a whole bunch of extra stuff. So, so this has been the uh, Wednesday evening edition of its news to us uh, for Jeff Stapleton. I'm news director Matt Demline. We'll talk to you on Thursday. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.